Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. This is the Ticket Water Cooler, sponsored by Coligan Water here, and we are ready to uh, embrace the positive. We've been a bit negative. We're getting all our uh, negative emotions out after the Baylor right. Shireman thing. I want to make it very clear that I'm normally not negative. <laughs> Look, I've said nine wins all year, and I'm sticking to it. We get another transfer like Devin Drew, I might start saying 10. I might start getting oh, a little oh, crazy. Oh. oh, my goodness. But, the, unfortunately, the basketball team's getting a little tough to defend at this point. I mean, there's not really – unfortunately, yeah. there's not really much we can work with. They need some juice, and it was going to be hard to get some juice this offseason. And maybe that's the problem is you're looking for, like, the, the program savior. Like, that, that kid's like, I don't know if I want to be the savior. I just kind of want to, you know, help my game and stuff. Yeah, I just maybe want to get drafted. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it's a big ask for Nebraska basketball, but I guess they're going to need it. Anyway, we're join, uh, pleased to be joined by our weekly Tuesday guest, Brian Munson of Husker Online. It's a good time to have you. There's uh, some storylines out there, Brian, we can hit on. Yeah, am I the one coming on the air going, demons be gone? And, and, <laughs> and cast everything out of the room and out of, out of the Nebraska fans' lives? Is that what's going on right yeah, now? Yeah, we're going to need you at least to give a positive spin on some of this stuff because we've just <laughs> we've been we've been pretty sad about the basketball news this morning. All right, get strapped in and put your uh, tray tables up. <laughs> well, the good news is that Devin Drew has selected Nebraska. Um, kind of fascinating as I kind of run through the article, even Sean Callahan, I think, uh, wrote was uh, I, something I was very intrigued by is that um, part of the reason Drew made his decision is because he wants to play on a 4-3 line. Is Nebraska like officially just ready to be a 4-3 instead of a 3-4? Yes and no. There's obviously I think that people can look forward to seeing some rotation, a little bit of each. Uh, You know, some, I I, look and anything to kind of it's going to come out of my mouth is going to be aggregated from multiple sources. So even like talking to like a recruit, a 2023 guy like David Borchers, uh, and even Riley Van Poppel has brought it up too. Nebraska is really kind of toying with an idea of kind of playing those three technique defensive tackles in more of a four technique of a three four. So you're 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 kind of still playing base three four, but you kind of got the guys out more to four. Now I I do believe that you are going to see some some four three, which will which will go more your one three five seven. So you're you're gonna play. You're gonna play some three technique. The, the problem is, <clears throat> is I still think you're looking for another body. I think you're still looking for a guy that can still play that nose. It, it's either in the four three or the three four. Really, that three four guy is there's there's not a guy like that kind of to be found on the roster. Maybe that's a guy that we'll talk about here shortly. You know, on the rest of this call here. But but you know, I think Devin Drew. Uh, comes to Nebraska, he's going to bring a lot of experience, which is not something that the defensive line has a lot of. And I think O'Shawn Mathis is going to bring some stuff in, moving out. he's really more of an edge outside linebacker, a guy that, that they added earlier this weekend. But but Devin's a guy, I think, that they can say, look, <clears throat> you've had success. You, you've, you've played a bunch. You, you went to Texas Tech. You, you bet on yourself. You, you, you're basically able to play 900-some snaps over how long you were there in Lubbock. And and you'll have one season of eligibility remaining, and you're going to spend it there in Lincoln. So I think Nebraska can learn, and the guys around him can kind of learn a lot from having a guy like that with his leadership on the defensive line this season. Brian, you were probably the only person that I talked to last week 
that actually predicted that Oshawn Mathis would come to Nebraska. So do you have any lottery numbers for our listeners? <laughs> well, I was just air pissed, uh, fist pumping, too. You should have seen me. I was doing my best Tiger Woods over here. Um <laughs> You know, I don't have any lottery numbers. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Um, but I, I, I will tell you, <clears throat> I've gotten, gotten some good information, obviously, about around Oshawn and, and knew, knew uh, what was kind of being considered here a little bit. And, and I think it comes down to opportunity for both NIL. It comes down to an opportunity for the playing time and the situation and what Nebraska's defense can kind of can kind of do to showcase him and and kind of really build. I mean, and I think that that's really what you talk about when you, when you bring Drew in as well. Uh, regardless of what O'Shawn is doing, you're you want to keep guys fresh, and you want to you want to be able to have a couple sets of three or four guys that you can run in on the football field and go, okay, we need to rotate here. The guys are gassed. You know, they got a first down. Let's go ahead and get it right now, and 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 let's try to get back after the thing and get a stop now. So I, I think the biggest thing is, is the biggest thing you get when you don't have any depth is that you can't afford any injuries. And the other thing you have when you don't have any depth is you don't have that way to, that way to kind of build that rotation. So I think Nebraska right now is still pulling together that rotational depth. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously not having Casey Rogers there hurts, but I think that they're still in the market for a guy, maybe two, uh, when it comes to the defensive line and, and the, and the transfer portal, when it comes to the defensive, uh, when it, when it comes to those guys. So, We'll see what happens here, but yeah, I'm 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 pretty stoked that that I called that one called that one right, and and I think that that was one of the biggest you know recruiting victories for Nebraska in a long time. I guess I would say. Yeah, it's fascinating. I, I did want to ask you this too, and if anybody has any questions for Brian, let us know on the Sardar Hammond text line four zero two four six four five six eight five. Kelly wants to know if you have any update on the recruitment of Carter Nelson. Uh, I believe the Ainsworth tight end. I did talk to Carter. Um, Nebraska didn't offer him uh, a week or two ago when Coach Rude was through. Um, <clears throat> it wasn't really a complete story. I, I've talked to Carter before in the past, and, and obviously he's taken a trip to Lincoln before, and he picked up that uh, offer from Iowa State. And I think that that's just – that's maybe something that's going to get stuck in the craw, you know, a little bit of Nebraska, is that Iowa State seems to be doing a, a pretty good job of identifying the talent in the state of Nebraska – that they want to offer before Nebraska does. It, it's almost like a, uh, you know, one of those kind of, Hey, let's go make a point, you know, and, uh -huh. and take it to the Cornhuskers a little bit and make sure that they know that we're coming after a few of their guys and we want to be the first ones to throw the offer down. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Carter is a, I think Carter is going to get incredibly popular. Uh, he's a, he's a great athlete. Uh, first and foremost, his film uh, is pretty sick. Um, you just don't think that, that that's like a guy that's, uh, first of all, as young as what he was in some of that huddle film. But secondly, I think that also you kind of, you're kind of looking at the guy going, gosh, he could, he could do so much for you on a football field. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'm still waiting to hear, you know, or see if Nebraska is going to, going to throw an offer down or if it's going to take him coming to a camp or, we'll have to see what that kind of comes down, comes down to right now. I, the last I can remember, I don't think he's, got any plans right now to take any uh visits right now to lincoln so it'll be very interesting to see what kind of happens uh, in that area 
Yeah, that's interesting. He's a class of 2024 kids. So, like you said, that's inter- yeah. that's an interesting go. strategy for Iowa State, though. That That's that's <clears throat> fascinating in its own right. Uh, I did want to also ask you about just kind of the state of college football. A lot of people pretty upset about the Jordan Addison um, potential tampering kind of deal going on with the NIL, with the transfer portal. Some people think that they're not even going to recognize college football in 10 years and that the sky is falling. Others think, yeah, this, a lot of this stuff's kind of been going on for years. We just didn't see it. Um, where do you come out on all this? Uh, on the new era of college football. Well, and I think what there didn't Emmert also announce that he was retiring. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. The president. So, I mean, I, I think the NCAA is in complete and total disarray. Um, <clears throat> it's, you know, I, I go back to the, the rules violation that Nebraska was, was hit with yesterday. And I scratched my head because I'm sitting here going, you know, you're really going to go ahead and, and do something, and I'm going to call it ticky tack. I'm sure that I'm sure other people would would disagree and say that it's it's more significant than that. Not to me, it's not, but um, kind of a ticky tack kind of thing. And yet we have, you know, there's been references, I guess I should say, uh, to some guys that are that are not even in the portal yet that are getting uh, contacted by NIL. You know, kind of points of contact, you know, at other schools. Um, I, I, I think it's the wild, wild west. I think it's gone, it's gone way, way, way out of control. Um, I've, I love college football. I have a son that played college football. I played air quote college football too. And I'm, I'm, um, I'm a little, I'm a little upset about things. And, and I, I just, I feel like we're, I think we're, we're losing out on this, this game that I feel like all of us really appreciated the, the players that were playing it because there was just a passion for it. For so many of those guys that this is it. This is this is kind of the <clears throat> this is kind of this this long goodbye to, to mm-hmm. never playing again. And and I think that we all kind of realize that and we, we appreciate also their talents and look forward to supporting those guys from going to college to the pros. And I just feel like there's almost like more pro kind of um, shenanigans happening now in college football than there is at the professional level. And that really, really bothers me. Yeah, it feels like there needs to be a bigger, um, as Jory kind of points out here on the text line, um, there's more of a need for the NCAA to step up. Um, now, they've had... Um, they're, I always kind of compare them to like the babysitter rather than the parent. They don't necessarily have the uh, the power to be able to do all this, um, but they are kind of the, the regulatory body that, that's kind of set in place. Do you think that all of this could actually maybe be, I don't want to say a plan from the NCAA, but it's, it's basically been their uh, strategy to kind of step aside, let the Wild West take place, and then maybe instead of everybody vilifying the NCAA, understand that there's a need for the NCAA to step up and take take more power once Mark Emmett steps down and the next guy steps in? Well, <clears throat> it's certainly a strategy. I, I wouldn't agree with that strategy. I, I, I've always felt like you, you nibble off something and you figure out if something was a good fit or a bad fit and you go back and you can make a correction. Here they've just gone ahead and opened up the dam. And not even just said open up the dam. They've they just blown the dam apart and just let all the water go and said, hey, let's see what happens and, and see, what, see what's, what good can come of this. There has been some good. Um, I, I think that I think that there are those that feel like you know finally the players are getting a little piece of the pie and 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 but I think that also those that that, that are there that would argue that would that would say has an NIL gotten a little bit out of control? This really wasn't I think the point or or the 
it, in the spirit of, you know, when, when everything came around with likeness rights with the EA, you know, EA sports football game, um, it, it's, it's, is it definitely a possibility that the NCAA is doing that? Yes, but I, I think they've been asleep at the wheel for a while. I think there's a number of rules. The contact rules that are that are that are still there that are in place now are are, are they're antiquated, they're out of date. They need they need to be refreshed. Um, and now you also have this this nil nil situation that is completely and totally out of control. Um, or actually no rules around NIL, I guess is what I should say. There, there, there needs to be a solid framework of, of checks and balances, and there needs to be some, some talk around, you know, the eligibility side and, and when you can kind of jump out. I mean, God, Teddy Buckets is going to be on a 16th. <laughs> and, and you just sit here and you go, how is that really even possible? Um, but, yeah, I mean, with the COVID year, there's a lot of things that, have, that, are, that we'll never see again, hopefully. Uh, just because of that extra year of eligibility, but yeah, there's there's a ton out of control. So if that's the NCA strategy, go ahead and get to work, you know, because that's that's what you got. And before we let you go, our, our weekly guest here, Brian Munson of Husker Online, uh, I asked the listeners and they responded with a question. Dusty says, w- uh, "Just have him call a shot. Will Nebraska get the five star Rayola kid?" <laughs> uh, no. Uh, <laughs> oh come on, Rayola, Rayola. In my, I've changed my future cast on Rivals.com from Nebraska to Ohio State. I believe he'll be a Buckeye mm. sooner before later. That is mainly NIL driven. I've heard that it's like high, you know, six figure, bordering on seven figure oh, NIL God. deal. Plus, the Buckeyes supposedly have kind of agreed to not uh, take a 2022 quarterback uh, and give basically take only one guy 2023 and him if you decided to commit. So a lot of things being put in place there. And and I think that as much as where we're at with Sean Mathis and the NIL deal and and kind of proving Nebraska has a strong program, Ohio State's is still stronger, and Nebraska is still uh, chasing them in that area. Yeah, do you think? I, I think that's another concern for people because we do say that Nebraska is a have compared to a have not. Um, but then when you line it up with the you know the teams that are winning right now, basically, um, that it's hard to still go against that. Do you think if Nebraska started winning, they could return? Um, you know, as I, I guess I, as I see it, kind of a top twenty-five program right now can you know return to a top ten, top fifteen program. If the wins come along, will the, will the money get bigger? I think that that's that's definitely something that you hope that you hope that the trail is there that that the wins get there and that you have some success in other areas like the the money comes back the support comes back etc. Um, that that's certainly the things I think from around the country where you start seeing the programs that are leading that seem to be leading at least I guess from whatever numbers or whatever whatever things you're reading uh, the Alabamas the Ohio States winning programs you know going to the playoffs winning national championships playing for national championships so. Uh, I, I think that those are those are certainly the key attributes. And if Nebraska can get back to having some success after landing some of these portal guys, um, it, it, sh- it should just be one of those things where it, you know hopefully you, you drop a couple guys from from year out year over year because of graduation or they transfer out, and then the pool comes back and you have an ability then to to do it to a couple other guys to to go ahead and and, and kind of restock the talent on your team. And, and one final question from you, too, and I, I think, you know, as far as uh, if you want to avoid it, I think it's almost the responsible thing to do because it's hard to throw a number out. Um, somebody asked, uh, Craig says, how much money do you think the Huskers have for NIL? It's just so hard to, to even put a number out there, I think, because it's it's not transparent in that way. 
Yeah, and, and it's really not Nebraska's money. It's still right. it's it's being controlled by other by other mm-hmm. entities, and there's multiple entities. There's there's not just one. So you've got you've got multiple things that can kind of be packaged together and filled together. And a lot of times, it's not just about putting money in your pocket. It, it could be about a benefit, a benefit of say you know lodging. You get your yeah. rent paid, and they put you into some sort of a, an apartment or a condominium type of scenario, but. Obviously, that would go towards you know some sort of a benefit that you're receiving as part of an NIL. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's tough to kind of piece all that together. I know that there's been some releases on some companies uh, that have come out there and said what kind of money they're kind of working with and how much money they're kind of distributing annually, at least so far. And I think as this thing kind of trends up, as long as the NCAA doesn't step in and say, okay, we're done. Um, that you should still see that number, you know, continuing to kind of grow on the on each one of those companies that are out there that are kind of being transparent and talking about the numbers. You kind of piece some things together, but I don't think you'll ever see like one full thing come out unless somebody wants to start showing you their taxes or something like that. Yeah. Excellent stuff uh, from Brian Munson. Excellent stuff from the text line. Thanks for throwing some question his way. Brian, yeah. thanks for uh, for joining us today and, and uh, for your insight there uh, as we learn a little bit more and we turn a positive spin in our show here. Yes, and happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, and I'll talk to you guys. Oh, there he goes. All right, there he goes. Brian Munson of Husker Online. Uh, we'll take a quick break here on the Ticket Water Cooler, and uh, we'll wrap things up. Coming up next, uh, Strick's going to join on the top uh, on the block. Uh, of course, he was out yesterday, so we got a lot of weekend uh, type of topics to get to with Strick. Uh, you know, the, the draft, the Oshan Mathis news. Uh, but There's to- a few things. Yeah. But uh, next, we'll uh, we'll where, where do you want to go next? I mean, there's a lot of different ways. We can ways. talk Devin Drew. We can talk do Devin Drew. Yeah, the immediate impact. Yeah, the, the defensive impact. line is bulking back up. Let's talk about that next coming up here on the Ticket Water Club.